This is Obscure Music History, an investigative anthology of B-sides and rarities of unpopular music. I'm your host, Tom Hogan. This episode, Jesse Brooks, Sexually Ambiguous Person. You're a sexually ambiguous person, yet it doesn't define you. You're a sexually ambiguous person. My name is Jesse Brooks, and this is a deep dive into my song, Sexually Ambiguous Person. This song, it's the one that I'm most famous for, um, since I haven't got any other songs. If you ask anyone for their favourite electro-pop-rock one-hit wonder from the first third of the summer of 1980, the answer is probably my song. It was just everywhere. That little melody there is actually just a recording of the tune that my washing machine plays when it's finishing a cold cycle. It's really easy to play fancy show-off stuff on guitar for a song, you know, but I didn't want to be that kind of guitarist. There's always a bigger fish, you know? There's always a better guitarist. But I was thinking, is there always a smaller fish? Could I be the smallest fish? And that's when I decided I wanted people to hear me play and say, yeah, they did the absolute bare minimum there to constitute for a song. I'm the musical equivalent of plankton, you know? Wait, is plankton a fish? Uh, Let me look it up, hang on. Okay, it looks like the the world's smallest fish is Paetocypris progenetica. It's a type of carp living in the forest swamps of the Indonesian island of Sumatra. Here we go. Uh, mature females measure just 7.9 millimetres. Wow. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm probably not that small. I'm probably just a, a, a bit bigger than that, like a guppy or one of those things that eats skin off your toes in new age beauty parlours. That, that, that's the kind of guitarist I am. Huh. Okay, that's funny. I didn't even realize there was a bass line in this song. Well, there you go. Save your time running round. What is up and what is down? Yeah, yeah. I, I know that sounds like a delay effect on my voice, but actually I didn't know delay effects existed back then. So to get that effect, I had to hire two people who have a similar voice as me. Then I got them to stand behind me while I was recording the vocals and I told them to sing whatever I sing just a few beats later. In fact, I brought them into the studio today so we could talk to them. Uh, say hello, Eric and Grania. Say hello, Eric and Grania. Say hello, Eric and Grania. And that's the end of that joke. And that's the end of that and joke. That's the end of that joke. You're a sexually ambiguous person. Let's increase the representation and understanding of intersection society. Yeah, the song is about non-binary genders and how there's a whole spectrum between and around male and female. And I really wanted to bring those issues out to the public. Do I regret writing a song with a socio-politically charged message? Of course not, of course not. The only thing that I regret is that in there I sing the words, nothing is a binary anymore. Nothing is a binary anymore. And I know what I meant by that, but now that I think about it, most of the light switches in my house are binary and they don't even have those dimmer knobs, you know? And also, what about binary codes? They're in binary. Anyway, I just wish I'd brought those issues up in the song as well, just so that people know that I know that light switches exist. Otherwise, they'd be listening and they'd be thinking that I'm the kind of person who didn't even know what a light switch was. And that's just embarrassing. Let's increase the representation and understanding of intersex in society. 
have always said, never, ever put a key change in a song unless you earn it. See, key changes, they just get thrown around willy-nilly, you know? Every single song these days just uses a key change. For what? For no reason. You have to earn it. And then, when we were listening back to the mix, it was only about three minutes long and I thought, oh, oh, go on then. And that key change is awesome. People often ask me, how do you feel about being a one-hit wonder? (laughs) I get asked that question so often. I even put it in the frequently asked questions of my autobiography. Hang on, let me just, um, okay. Let me just, oh yeah, okay, here. Here we go, on the last page. uh, Question, how do you feel about being a one-hit wonder? Uh, Answer, it's absolutely fine that I only had one song. I'm a middle-class, straight, white, cisgendered male. The patriarchy is unfairly skewed towards my privilege, so consequently my life is amazing. I need to be aware of that before I start complaining about other parts of my life, let alone whether or not I have a successful song. Anyway, thank you for reading my book. Yeah, so... That. And now, here's Sexually Ambiguous Person. Save your time running round What is up and what is down Nothing is a binary anymore We're not computers, we're not just ones and zeros assumptions about your gender I'm not gonna force you to assert your orientation I'm not gonna be the one to put you in a box so there are some other things I'd like to talk to you about maybe you're a great lacrosse player perhaps you can read minds what I'm trying to say is you don't have to be forced into a stereotype set by society because you're your own person yeah Sexually ambiguous person But it doesn't define you You're a sexually ambiguous person
Obscure Music History is produced by Tom Hogan. All songs from this podcast are available on Spotify and iTunes. You can subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And for more information, visit obscuremusichistory.com.